Hi and welcome to my podcast, Pure Happy Healthy. My name is Leandra Haupt and today I have an amazing interview for you with my guest Ryan Stanley. He lives in New Jersey and is a coach, especially focused in the music industry. The book author of Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, squares and bruises of life and an entrepreneur. We will dive deep in the next hour in all kinds of different topics, starting from manifesting, um, coaching, business, and protecting your own energy, and so, so, so much more. So stay tuned and enjoy this beautiful conversation. I got a really special guest here with me today. It's Ryan, who is in New Jersey at the moment. Hi, and welcome in my show, Pure Happy Healthy. Leandra, it is a blessing to be here. Thank you so much for welcoming me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Excited for the conversation. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for showing up here and for your time already. Um, so before we get a bit deeper into this conversation, I always have that one little question, which I'm asking in the beginning. What did you have for breakfast this morning? You know what? For breakfast this morning, I typically do a like a like a GNC shake. <laughs> I know it's not very exciting, but typically I'll have like a piece of fruit, a banana, and then just kind of a healthy shake after I exercise. Mm. Kind of kick my day with, with vitamins and proteins that I I wouldn't find on my own. I know they're already put in like one special space. Like you know, in the shake, I can just drink it. Mm, that sounds delicious. And then you have an early lunch, or how does that work afterwards? Uh, yeah, lunch depends on the day. Like we'll do, um, you know, I, I'm especially during quarantine, I'm home with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And so we, we sometimes we'll make sandwiches together. Um, but sometimes I, I try to keep my, my breakfast and my lunch minimal. And then I, we typically have a pretty large dinner. So mm, <laughs> might be a sandwich, yeah. might be like a boiled egg, might be, uh, you know, something small for lunch. And then dinner gets a little bit larger. Mm, great. <laughs> Maybe we will get more into the topic of food in a bit. But first of all, I would like to know from you, who is Ryan? Who is Ryan? That is a great question. Ryan is a, uh, a 44-year-old man um, raised in mostly in New Jersey, USA. Uh, at the current, the current moment of now, I am a father of two, like I mentioned, nine and six. I've been married for about 13 years. I am an author, a speaker, a coach, a bit of an ADD serial entrepreneur as well. I really enjoy <laughs> creating businesses. Uh, I consider it a bit of an art form I, in the sense that, you know, when a painter or a musician or a, a photographer or anybody, they start off with an idea or a vision, uh, but it's really nothing besides that until they, they kind of create the, the art. And so I feel the same way about entrepreneurialism. I think businesses are just, you know, forms of art that we create to share with the masses and uh, be, you know, we, we put ourselves out there in the sense of being judged and, and <laughs> hopefully in, in some capacity serving the masses or at least in the very least serving our, our gift or whatever that might be. Wow, it sounds like you have a lot of projects going on at the same time. You're like a multi-talent and uh, yeah, really wackative, I suppose. So you yes. were already mentioning it. You're an author of a book that is really recently taking off because it really fits the time at the moment in the COVID-19. It's called Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful, a first aid kit for the emotional bumps, scrapes and bruises of life. So yes. we can already hear from the title what it's kind of about. Could you dive a bit deeper? What is the book about and what does it teach us? Yeah, happily. So, and thank you for asking, by the way. Um, so, you know what, I, as, as a coach, I've been a life coach for over 10 years. And as a coach, typically when I'm working with my clients, there, there are some very, 
I, I, so there's some very basic concepts uh, that we can all utilize and, and remember on a regular basis that I think would serve most of us. And when put together, they are something that's nothing too extensive. I mean, there's some really deep concepts out there. These are, you know, they start off as deeper concepts, but really there's something that we can all understand and utilize. And those are, you know, concepts of patience, presence, and joy. And sometimes when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling overwhelmed, that seems like it's, um, well, yeah, it's easy for you to say as a life coach, be patient, be present, be joyful, right? But the truth is at any given moment with practice, we can, by building up the practice of, of each of these at any given time, we can start to make them part of our daily routine. And when we use them together, um, it really sets us to be more on purpose in who we want to be in any given moment, especially during times of stress or overwhelm. So I was finding that there were so many books out there that were beneficial, but I am not a great reader. <laughs> I, you know, I think there's so much information and some powerful books out there, but I have challenges getting past, you know, maybe 30, 40 pages. All of a sudden my brain starts to kind of wander. I, I find myself reading the same page over and over again. And I wanted something that if I was having a stressful day, if I was feeling anxiety, I was feeling overwhelmed that I could pick up and read in 25, 30 minutes and be done and really just have the concepts and have something that I could walk away with and go on with the rest of my day and, and feel more on purpose and feel more present and, and, and enjoy it in, in life. Um, and I'm not to say that there aren't any books out there, but I wasn't finding one that really served me uh, or that stood out to me in that way. So as an entrepreneur, as somebody who likes to create, uh, I decided that there was an opportunity here to create a, a book that, that could serve people in that capacity for those like me who don't necessarily want to spend hours and hours reading. Uh, the other piece to it, actually, it's made in twofold. One is that you can read it straight through in 25, 30 minutes and, and get some, some specific action steps and clarity and who you want to be. But secondly, after that, at any given point, the reason it's a first aid kit is that you can open it to any page. It was very specifically designed so that on every given page, there's something that pops out or highlights as uh, either a message or a quote or something that could serve you in a moment of stress or overwhelm. So it is essentially it's a first aid kit. And then quickly to go back and to answer your initial question of what does it teach us? It's, it's very short. So it's a, like I said, it's about 70 pages. Uh, there's only five chapters. There's a prologue. There's three chapters and an epilogue. And the prologue is just really going into the concept of that we are all creators. In any given moment, we are always creating something. Right now, you and I are creating two humans recording a podcast, <laughs> right? Um, if you wake up in the morning and you decide to put on a blue shirt and blue pants and a blue hat and blue socks, you're creating a person dressed in blue. But we also create music. We create sandwiches. We create life. We create laughter. We create conversation. Um, even if you're, you write a couple of words on a piece of paper and you put a period at the end, you, you literally created a sentence. And so while all this seems obvious, it's not something that we all make time to think about. And so as creators, sometimes we create stress and we create sadness and we create anger and we create frustration. And these aren't things that it's not like you shouldn't do that, but like it makes sense that you would based on your life experience. But they're not always some things, what we, things that we are grateful we, we created, or they're not always things that we want to continue to create in, in any given moment. And so understanding this concept that we are all creators and at any given point we are creating something gives us a little bit of choice. And so then chapter one goes into being patient. And so if you're feeling stressed, it's typically because you feel like um, something isn't happening fast enough. There's something in the future that I want to happen now or I, I want a better career, or I want a better relationship, or I want a better car, or whatever, These all these different things that all of us want are, are unique, right? And so sometimes we just want to feel better right now. And so we're impatient with all these different things. So there's an opportunity for us to create patience. What would it be like to create patience? If I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, 
Um, how could I create patience in this moment? What does a patient person act like? How does a patient person feel? How does patience feel? How could I create that moment? What would it be like if I did? Uh, so that's chapter one. And then chapter two is presence and chapter three is joy. There's all these different opportunities for us to create. You know, if you're not waiting on anything anymore, you might as well be here now. So create some presence, right? What is it like to create a present person? What does oxygen, how is oxygen serving me in this moment? What does the air feel like against my face? How does, um, you know, just recognizing gravity is here to serve us, right? All these different things that are always around in the present moment, no matter what, how can we recognize them and, and create a person who is, is recognizing the blessings in life in this moment? And then if once you're there, create some joy, right? If, if you're, you're not waiting on anything, you're here in the moment, uh, you're recognizing what your five senses are doing, how would you rather be feeling? Joyful is a great place to start. So create some joy, create some joy in the moment. Think about somebody who you love unconditionally. Think about, um, you know, how does joy feel? How would a joyful person behave right now? How could I create that and take action into it? And then lastly, you know, so that those are the, the chapters and obviously I'm giving you the very short version of a short book. <laughs> but then the epilogue is, is keep going, right? On your worst day and on your best day. Use those two words, keep going. Because at any point, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, um, it makes sense that you feel that way, right? Especially during 2020, that's been a crazy year for all of us in so many different ways. But at any given point, if you decide to keep going, there's always another day tomorrow. And if we start each day with intention, with purpose, with the awareness that we have the opportunity to be patient, to be present, to be joyful, uh, to love one another and to be the light we want to see in the world and to keep going, um, you know, that, that's how we live on purpose. And that's how we change the world. Wow. <laughs> you just spoke about so many important topics. I don't even know where to start. And that's why I already like your book, because managing to put all these topics in one short book that you can open at any given moment to any page is incredible. And I completely, I'm the same kind of reader as you. I am not a type of person that sits down for maybe two hours and just reads. I'm more the person that takes it out in the subway and then I just read for half an hour and then I put it away. And yeah. leaving with some knowledge for that time is amazing. Um, so you were saying that um, we are constantly creating and I want to get into that topic first of all a little bit more because it's so important that you said that and what, yeah, what you mean with that because all thoughts and all things we say, we are constantly manifesting things in our life which could be feelings, which could be even people, which could be things that happen to us. Um, there is no such moment in life and no thought and no spoken word or whatever that is not creating something either a material thing or an, on an energetic level so um yeah have you made any experiences with manifesting and and what advice can you give people in order to manifest the best life possible all the time and i love <laughs> that you asked that question so for me it's like when people say things like um you know the so so my next book that i'm actually working on is called mind the gack <laughs> and in this sentence, the, the GAC, which is spelled G-A-C-C, -C, stands for the Great and Constant Conversation. Cool. And what it, which is short for the Great and Constant Conversation with the Universe. So for me, when you talk about manifesting um, and creating thoughts and energy around what we want and having it manifest through, through matter, um, you know, it starts off as energy and then turns into matter around us. And that's kind of what we observe. Uh, for me, I don't see that necessarily just as a thoughts and reaction as much as the reaction is, is a conversation. So when we say things like, what do you manifest regularly? So I decided many years ago 
And this isn't something I read. It wasn't like, oh, somebody told me this. Like, I understand that this came from my mind. I understand that I made this up. But I decided that every time I see the number 44, I, it is a, a sign from the universe that I am on the right path, right? Nobody, it wasn't, this wasn't designated to me. It was just something that I decided because it was my favorite number growing up as a kid. And so now on any given day, I might see 44 like 50 times, 50 or 60 times. And every time that could be on the clock, it could be on license plates, it can be on an email, it can be like on an appointment or whatever, all these different things that pop up from real time. And every time, this is just one example, when I see that, I create gratitude for it, right? I create gratitude. So my part in the, in the great and const, constant conversation of manifesting even something as simple as a, simple as a number is, is creating gratitude for the acknowledgement of life and the universe is showing it to me. And when I do that, I believe from my experience that it then creates it again and, it, and so life says back so thank you you're, you're creating gratitude i'm going to give you more to be grateful for um and when we start to see things more often like that and we recognize that everything is literally happening for us instead of to us and when we step into that thought and belief it makes it true and then even on again on your worst day when you start to say why would this possibly happen for me but if, if you change that if you actually utilize the same question but change the energy around it like, wow, like, why, why would this possibly, how could this possibly happen for me? If in some weird world, I decided that I wanted this to happen for me, why would, why could that possibly be? And when you step into that, um, you, you recognize that you did manifest whatever is going on, whether you like it or not in the moment. Uh, and then you, you use that curiosity, like, how could this possibly make my life more of what I want it to be? And then you take action on that. You continue to manifest more of what you want and you, you step more into your path. Mm. Definitely. I, for some reason, it's funny that you said the 44, because for me, it's the 22 and, um, yeah. and it's birds. Whenever I hear or see birds, I know it's all going to be good. And yeah, also showing the gratitude for that, that this is happening. Totally. And, that, and that's what makes it the back and forth. And the more, and whether it be just birds or whether it be a, a specific number or whatever, but the more we start to step into that, the more we see things that are synergies or coincidences that are, that are really happening for us. And it is a response in life. And when we recognize that it's not a coincidence, it is a gift. It is a response. Mm. Um, it is a connection. Then we, then we get to enjoy it more. And I'll share you a really quick story. The other night, talk about manifestation. I think it was last Thursday night. I was, so lately I've been thinking a lot about wisdom as a thing. Um, and so I start every, every morning I have as part, we talked a little bit about morning routines before we actually started the recording here. And every morning I have a morning routine, part of which is saying what I call my I am's. It's like a North star. It's like, I, I talk about what I am and what I intend to be in my life. And I, I imagine myself in this space already saying, you know, I am this, I am that I'm you know, all the things that I, I tend to bring to my life. Some of which I already have, but I'm still grateful to there. So I, I repeat them again. Um, but one, every time when I start this process, I, utilize a quote from Napoleon Hill, the book called Think and Grow Rich. And his, um, his quote is, I ask not for more riches, but for more wisdom to accept and to use wisely the riches that I received at birth in the form of the power to control and direct my thoughts to whatever ends I desire. Mm, right. So it's not necessarily sense. asking for more money, but it's asking for wisdom to utilize my thoughts as often as possible to then create the wealth if that's what I want, as well as everything else. So wisdom there. And then I've also really been spending a lot of time listening to uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes. But love, love his Beautiful. work. And I've been doing a lot of his meditations mm -hmm. really this year in particular. And he talks a lot about wisdom as well. And, and like letting your past be wisdom, right? Not necessarily. And let it be something that has brought, brought you to who you are today so that you can be more of who you want to be in the future, right? So even if it's been a stressful thing, it's not about utilizing, it's utilizing past as, as wisdom and as a lesson. So wisdom has been on my mind lately. 
And so Thursday night, I'm sleeping and I have like this weird dream. And I don't even remember what it was about in detail, but I have this weird dream about an owl feather. Uh, and for some reason, I ended up like coming out of something with an owl feather. And it made me think of it when you said birds. And then I woke up and it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, well, that's cool. I mean, I wonder if that's because I've been thinking a lot about wisdom. They, a lot of the time they say owls are wise and it's like that whole the wise old owl and whatever it may be. And then I go back to sleep. And when I wake up about two and a half hours later, there's an owl outside my window cooing, hooting. Wow. And this was, yeah. And uh, so it was just like a way for me to get up and create some gratitude and just be like, thank you. Like, you know, thank you life for that, for that experience. Even for some moment, it wasn't like, you know, magic. It wasn't, it wasn't in my house, and, but like right outside my window, which wasn't typical at the time of day. I get up around the same time every day. And uh, so it was just a nice way to step into my day with gratitude for acknowledgement of my thoughts and, and, and that it is all just an experience and, and we can decide what we want to do with it. So when you said birds, I was like, oh, that's something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing. I think these um, we can see in the little things that we constantly manifest. And then obviously it also works in the bigger things that are maybe our life goals. I, for example, have my big five for life. And yeah. I'm constantly working to get there. And I know at one point in my life, I will get there. It doesn't necessarily have to be today, but I know the manifesting works for me because I think of someone, it just actually happened to of me today. I was thinking of someone and two minutes later, I meet her in the shop and I haven't met her for maybe two years. And she was thinking of me the same day and she wanted to ask me if we want to hang out tonight. So we're going to hang out tonight and things like this. Um, yeah, like make me believe that everything is possible because we create this situation and, and we already know what's going to happen. So this is yeah. a really, really beautiful and, experience. And it's all connected. And to your point with your, your big five, it's like if we recognize that, if we step into that belief that this is the outcome and we now we create gratitude for that outcome already, like to your point, like, hey, I know it's going to happen. And that's really the biggest challenge with today. And that's why chapter one is be patient because people, they get upset when it doesn't happen immediately. And then they, they, they don't have that gratitude for the outcome anymore. And their energy shifts around what they don't have. And they live in a place of lack, whether that they know it or not. But when we step into, hey, the outcome is going to happen just as it's supposed to. And my job is to be grateful for that outcome and be the best version of myself in the meantime, then you're creating a physical energy of abundance and expectation of wealth or, and I don't mean this, it can be, monetary wealth, but also spiritual wealth, whatever it means to you, but whatever you want that outcome to be when we, we live life as if it's happening. And a lot of the time it's easier. It feels like it's easier said than done. And like most things that, that are worth it, it takes practice. But when you do step into it and do practice it more often, from my experience, it's, it's a, a more enjoyable way to experience life. And then the things arrive anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. You said um, also something important. You said the practice is important. So, um, What practices do you integrate in your day in terms of your morning routine, for example, but also maybe at nighttime or in between that are kind of non-negotiables for you or belong to your practice? Yeah. So I wake up typically every day between 5.30 and 6. I mean, I don't have an alarm clock. I just kind of wake up when, whenever I'm ready. And then um, I come down and I meditate for anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour plus. Really lately in this past year, utilizing Dr. Joe Medit um Spencer's meditations. And so some of them are 40 minutes long, some are over an hour. And so it depends on which one I'm doing. Uh, from there, I go and I'll exercise for like 25 minutes just to kind of keep some movement and, and some, you know, keep the body healthy. Uh, then I come and I do my IMs, which I mentioned, right? So I sit for about 10 minutes and I just kind of focusing on what I want to manifest in my life. Then I uh, have a self journal. So I write down 
just kind of um, what I want my what my day is going to look like. So I have an understanding of what my calendar looks like for the day. I'll take any notes about what is just any other potential tasks. There's a spot for gratitude. So I write down one of a couple things that I'm grateful for as I start my day. Um, and then there's a spot for goals where I write down what are my goals. And my goals are not tasks. My goals are meaning like tasks like, oh, send this email or you know, very specific. My goals are who do I want to be today? Like, and so often my goals will be things like um, be joyfully productive or be present with whomever I'm with or, you know, shower my love with family. I'm showering my family with love, uh, you know, create, create gratitude, be aware of the energy that surrounds me, like all these different things. These are my goals for the day. And so when you say non-negotiables, think about these things, like who do I want to be today and reminding myself that and physically writing it down every day, I think is really important because it, again, being a creator, we're now taking it out of the mind as an idea and putting it on paper and reminding ourselves like, Hey, this is the plan. And then our, our body builds up that habit of, of reaction. Uh, and then under that, I write tasks. So then there are very specific, like, hey, be sure that I want to get like, this webinar completed. I want to you know, reach out to this, whatever it may be, depending on what projects I'm working on. Um, and then from there, I do like some stretching. And then by the time that finishes up, it's around 8.39, and I kind of go up and I have breakfast and kind of hang out with my family and start the day and then, then come back down to my office and, and continue work. And so that's my morning. Uh, I will do those IMs again, sometimes at the end of my workday and sometimes and always right before I go to bed. I would say another practice that I've found really seems to be helpful. Sometimes when I see a 44 or sometimes when I see different things, what I'll do is I will just sit and be present for a moment intentionally. As, I don't know if that sounds, oh, well, obvious, like, oh, what it means by intention. But I mean, I've seen that and I literally think about energy that is coming from, like, so our bodies are made up of atoms, right? And so they're literally filled. We are, we are nothing but energy. We, we see it as physical, but we are energy, really, technically. And so sometimes I just sit and I think about the energy that is coming from my body. Like I'll just sit there for 30 seconds or whatever it is and being present in the moment. And I'm not thinking about a person. I'm not thinking about my day. I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just thinking about being here and, and thinking about the energy that is coming from my body. And by doing that, it really does calm me. Not that I'm uncalm to begin with, but I just do it anyway to bring. And then with that, I'll create some elevated emotions like joy or gratitude or compassion or love or anything like that at the same time. Uh, and it's be, it builds a habit to where sometimes I just find myself doing it. <laughs> and I suddenly realize that I have like the, you know, this, this energy around me and I'm creating joy for it and for life itself. Mm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I um, actually have a pretty similar morning routine and I don't know about you, but it just makes my day so much better if I do all these steps. And yeah, just being grateful is such a such a good uh, practice and such a good task for any moment in the day when you feel a little bit disturbed or down or whatever, just remember yourself again, what you're already grateful for. And that just always shifts immediately the mood for me. Yeah, such a powerful tool. And um, I love that you said, who do I want to be today? I'm, I will integrate that from now on in my morning routine as well, because I think we should remember that for the whole life. Who do I want to be in this life and what do I want yeah. to create in this life? But also seeing it on a more shorter distance, saying today, what can I actually do today to be my best version and not in the big future, because then it's easy to get that goal out of sight, I, I suppose. And then, um, yeah, having the small steps as well. Yeah. And that's, you know, even a challenge that I see with, with a lot of my clients is that, well, Ryan, my life purpose, life is so big and so long, possibly, and I don't even know. And it just feels overwhelming. Like, that's okay. Like, it, it makes sense that you feel that way. But who do you want to be today? And if, even if that feels like too much, cool. So who do you want to be in the next hour? 
right? And if that feels like too much, then who do you want to be right in this moment? And just be that person as, as for as long as, it you, as you can. Mm. Um, and that can be present. That can be joyful. It can be relaxed. It can be, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to give yourself self-care. But if we don't decide who we want to be, um, then we are at the effect of life. Hmm. There is a really nice um, quote from Neil Donald Walsh, um, the author of Conversations with God, which is one yes. of my absolute game changer books and one of my favorites. Um, he said, whenever you come in a room, um, you should make the room shine and you should heal the room. Make that your daily task, whatever room it is. If it's a grocery shop, if it's your own home, if it's a house of a friend, if it's a cafe, Try the best to heal this room and bring your positive energy in that room. And I think this is kind of sim. It's different, but it's kind of similar. That means like give the best and try to be in in yourself and in your um, purpose to, and then you will shine it also in the on the outside and you will light up wherever you go. Um, I love it. I always say that my um, one of my intentions is to be the magnifying glass for the awesomeness of the universe. Mm. Right. So when I when I step into anybody, so they can see the beauty of life, and when we start to recognize, and I love everything you just said. I, in fact, I, I'm a big fan of Neil Donald Walsh, but I hadn't really heard that, or if I had, I forgot about. It, so thank you for sharing that. Um, but it is. It's like one of my things is to be the light I want to see in the world, so others, because I, you know, I want my light to be contagious, so that others want to do the same thing, and so that they can um, live their best life. And shine their best light so that others can do the same thing and make it something to where listen in the grand scheme of things every single moment of life is a gift like literally and when you when you find people who are and you know in, in terrible situations where they're maybe sick at the end of life they always just say i wish i realized you know now it's almost too late for me to really start enjoying life on a day-to-day -day basis but you know i touched on gravity and sunlight and oxygen and all these different things at the beginning of our conversation but literally that's all here so that you can exist And if you take just even those three things, gravity, oxygen, sunlight, and you just take a moment to realize that without them, we wouldn't be here, right? So, they, so they're always here, right, in some capacity. And so knowing that, that means that they're always here for you and for me. They're always here as a gift. And so if that's the, that's the case, what am I doing with it? Like this is a miracle. This is a miracle that I'm here and I have gravity, sunlight, and oxygen so that I can move and I can create and I can live. What am I creating? And to, to create anything that doesn't serve that gift doesn't really make a lot of sense once, once you step into it. Mm, and also looking at the body, how much of a wonder our body is that my heart beats, I don't know how many times a, a, a minute, but yeah. it's such a wonder if you get clear about how your body is carrying you through life and working in harmony. I mean, it gets sick, okay, but um, generally working in harmony because otherwise you wouldn't be alive now. That is such a wonder. And then, I mean, I'm not a mom, but even that women give birth, that yeah. is such a miracle as well. So thinking about all these things from a not rational, but more like a deeper perspective is, is just mind blowing. Just as you said, the oxygen and sunlight, et cetera, is so important. Well, and even the odds on us even being born, like yeah. when you take, and I don't know that, but it's like three trillion to one or something like that. Like the odds of, of you existing are like so immense and ridiculous. So it's even just to take that into consideration, it's like, okay, 
Uh, I, might, <laughs> I feel like I should probably do something with this uh, since I made it. <laughs> Definitely. But um, just at the beginning in, in your chapter, you when you described about the book, there was something where I wanted to dive a bit deeper also. And um, it kind of catches on. You said you, you want to be an inspiration for the people around you because I think we can't influence everyone saying by saying you have to live a certain way or you have to do this or that so you become happy. But the only thing we can do is be a positive inspiration and be the shining light so others... Um, want to go there as well and ask what can they do to become like this as well but then I think that there is a danger of people comparing themselves with each other and you were saying that that's also a big part in your book that this is really not a good thing when we start to compare each other and make ourselves down for something or put ourselves above some someone um, could you go a bit deeper into that topic what what does comparison do with us and how can we stop to compare each other especially in times of instagram and social media um which is quite dangerous i think for a lot of people definitely um so first of all there, there's a great great quote i think it's from teddy roosevelt but it says comparison is the thief of joy and actually i did a whole um podcast or, or blog audio blog about that And it's really in the grand scheme of things, everybody. So there's a couple, there's a lot there. That's a great question. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about. First of all, everybody is exactly who they should be for every single second of life they've lived up until this moment. Right. So, you know, I was born to my parents on July 4th, 1975. And like every single second that I've lived since then, every thought that I've had, every experience that I've had, uh, good, bad, ugly has made me who I am today. Right, literally at to this moment, including things that I conversations I had earlier this morning, whatever, everything brings us right to where we are. So to compare ourselves to anybody else makes no sense whatsoever. If you think about it, because they were born to a completely different parents on a completely different moment and lived a completely different life and had different experiences, fears, anxieties, good points, low points, uh, traumas, all these different things that we have no idea about. And so, A, just to compare, when we really think about it, get down to it, the concept of comparing ourselves to anybody else literally doesn't even make sense. So that's A. B, um, I, I think the concept of comparison also comes from the need for, um, I don't know if it's the need, but the, the lesson of competition. Like, I feel like we've been kind of brought up in a society to compete and to be better. Like, going back to even Darwinism of, like, the strongest or the fittest survive, right? whatever it may be. And I feel like that's not really the case. I feel like that's not, that's not who we're meant to be as humans. I feel like that's maybe how it is in, in nature with, with animals. But I think for humans, we are of a, of, of a different level. And really, it is the opposite of, of, of competition. It is connection. It is empowerment. And when we start to go from at any point, if you're comparing yourself to somebody else, it's because they are better than me or I am better than them. That's judgment. When we start judging anybody as different from ourselves, good or bad, That doesn't that that is separation and that separates us and so that goes back to like kind of going back to what i was saying earlier like there's no point in me judging them for who they are because they i'm not them i haven't lived their life and so instead to, to step in with curiosity and empathy so the opposite of judgment is curiosity I, even if you feel like somebody's behavior is different from how you would behave to, to say more so instead of judging them for that behavior i can be curious as to i wonder why they behave that way what in their life or what many things in their life has brought them to be this way. 
And if it's something that I don't like, um, you know, that's, I, I can step into it to be, to your point earlier, be more of who I want to be. So they see it as an example and, and possibly learn from them. If I feel from my lessons that it might be something that could benefit them, but to go on and say, you should do this or you should do that, um, doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't necessarily make them want to do it either. Uh, they're going back to the, just the word should in general is judgment, right? And we use it so many times with ourselves. I should uh, exercise more. I should have made more money by now. I should be whatever, all these different things. And that's all comparison to other people. So when we change that should to could, we change it from judgment to curiosity. So in the example of someone who wants to lose weight, you could say, they might say, you know what, I should lose a bunch of weight and all the, and you can feel it, right? Oh, I should. It means I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm, I'm not who I, I should be compared to other people. And that feels heavy. And it doesn't make people feel necessarily driven to, to get more of who they want to be. But I could change that all around. Well, I could lose more weight. Great. How does that start? How does that work? Well, I guess I could eat less. Or I could exercise more. Awesome. As opposed to pushing judgment on, on somebody. So that's something really basic that other people can do in comparison. Uh, and then the last piece that I'll say, and again, these are, like I said, there's, there's so much there. We could go at an hour, I think, in, in, in one <laughs> of those areas. But yeah, um, I think comparison, the other piece to that is not only has everybody else lived a completely different life from you, but you haven't seen most of it, 99.9%. So when you see people on Instagram or you see famous people accepting awards or you see, you know, successful people in any walk of life, they all typically worked really hard to be whatever that is, A, and took more time than you. You see the overnight success, what feels like the overnight success because you see a snapshot of it. But really that is, you know, hundreds of thousands of hours of whatever. And you didn't see them on their really bad days. You didn't see them on the days when they woke up and just felt depressed for no apparent reason. You didn't see them on the days when they felt like their career was never going to get somewhere. You didn't see them when they didn't want to go to the gym or whatever, all these different things that we compare ourselves about, right? So we just assume that we just saw the end result and that their whole life is like that all the time. And it's just simply not true. And mm -hmm. so instead, like there's an opportunity to emulate, like if we see people who are successful and, and we like what they have in their life and it seems like something I would want to have in my life, awesome, what did they do to get there? How can I make that part of my life what can, how can I take what's unique about my life compared to that person and add it to what they did to make it more of my own unique journey to get what I want in the end and have something similar? Um, so it's, there's always choice in the matter. And so instead of judging ourselves based on somebody else's outcome, instead we can celebrate ourselves and decide who we want to be based on someone else's outcome and mm. create more as opposed to, to judging, if that makes sense. And also one practice, what I'm doing when I think someone else has achieved something where I'm, I feel like I'm getting jealous of something or, um, yeah, where I see someone that has, is maybe better in something, etc. Um, I go back and remind myself that we are all one and I try, I go in myself and I give that person all my joy and happiness and be happy for that person because I know when I can accept that let's call it fame or um, beauty or happiness or, or whatever that person has that you want to have, when you give your happiness to that person and accept that as part of the whole, you can accept that in your life as well and make it to your own. 
And that's a really powerful practice that I'm doing. And that really keeps me away from, from jealousy or um, grief or something like this. And also about the should, that you're so right with that, because should is always a word that implicates that someone else put something on you, that it's not your own thought about this. When you say, oh, I should lose weight, then there's the thought behind that, that society says, um, pretty people are skinny or something, or yeah. I have to be skinny to be successful because that's how it is in my society and not because you maybe want to be skinny or thin. And then yeah. if you change these words already, you have a complete different perceptive uh, perception of that and then, then you can work from yourself towards that goal in an easier way and it will come easier to you yeah and also to totally to your point when you're doing it because it's healthy you know what i mean if you're doing it not because society is going to look at it this way but because it's going to give me the opportunity to live a life that serves me better right in the grand scheme of things if we're doing things just for that purpose all the time And whatever that looks like in every area of our life, it starts to unfold once we build up the habit of behaving in a way that serves the greater good of all. And that includes me. Um, you know, that's when we start to make choices, whether it be to be thin or to have more money or to do all these different things that, that seem kind of on the outside. When we start doing it from within to begin with, we are creating in any given moment, right? Again, creating some of that is happy, healthy and, and living on purpose. All those things will start to, to fall into place. Yeah, definitely. And then also, we wouldn't think so much in, in these boxes anymore that you said before. And I always have to think for some reason that in terms of food, because there is such a food fight, I would say, then people who are vegan say, oh, you have to become vegan. And the meat eaters are like, oh, no, that's so unhealthy. Why do you do that to your kids? And all the people judge each other for their own choice and actually classify um people in a box and i mean yeah. in terms of racism obviously that is a big topic at the moment as well like yeah. the human mind loves to put people into boxes and classify people and then compare again um, instead of looking inside yourself and and looking what is true for me or how do i want to live my truth and what feels good for me in this way so um yeah just catching on what you said earlier but um you were all separation Sorry? It's all separation. Yeah. Mm. All competition as opposed to the opposite. It's all inst instead of inclusion and empowerment. Uh, at any point, I mean, racism as an example is the, pure, the purest form of judgment, the purest form of separation, right? It's just basically just separating people for no particular reason yeah. except for what we can see, right? Mm. Um, you were also saying earlier that uh, we were talking about uh, famous people or people um, yeah, we, we know from the media, etc., that often there's a lot of work behind that. Um, I researched that you mostly work with musicians or yeah, famous people, and um, that is one of your focuses in your coaching work. So how was your experience with that, with working with musicians and what kind of fears are maybe in, in this kind of field, um, probably before they have a um, big gig or something, I could imagine. Yeah. Or what was your experience in this kind of work? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know what? It's funny because I, I spent a lot of years working specifically with musicians. I used to manage bands, and so I love live music. I love uh, working with creative people. But their fears are all the same. <laughs> in the sense, well, let me, let me say that differently. 
all people have very similar fears, whether you're a musician or really what it comes down to is just in general, more often than not, fears of what other people think of us. Like, which goes all to the same topic we've kind of been talking about, like comparison, judgment, all these different things. And in the grand scheme of things, there are so many people who are really talented and they spend so much time in their head thinking about this isn't good enough. I'm not doing enough work. I'm not, I don't have enough followers. I'm not creating enough content. I don't have a good enough album. I'm not, you know, the creative space, a lot of time it's easy to kind of go into these places when you are making something and you just, it's interesting to see how much time it's like you're spending 50% of the time um, creating and the other 50% of the time saying why it's not good what you just created or it's not going to be good enough, right? Um, just as humans, I don't know why we do that, but we do. And I think it's a fear base to keep us small and to, to keep us from stepping outside of our comfort zone. And really, it's the ego trying not to get hurt. So I think more often than not, my musician clients would come to me and say things like, hey, I want to get more gigs or I want to get more followers in social media or I want to get an album made or, you know, very specific tasks. I'm like, hey, I just haven't been able to do it on my own. And it's funny, often they would come to me thinking that I'm just going to kind of set them up with some connections and it's just going to happen for them, right, in that sense. And with most things in life, right, we all kind of want to just win the lottery and then uh, have it done and, and be good to go. Uh, but it's typically not the way it works. And really, even by the end of our first conversation, we really end up talking more about what is their internal dialogue like? What are they, what are their internal beliefs how are they stepping into the greatness? Do they believe it's possible for them to be as successful as they want to? And what does that actually mean? What does success mean to them? Have they really thought about it? Interestingly enough, there are so many, there's thousands, if not more, musicians out there who make a living that you've never heard of, that we've never heard of. Like they make a strong, solid living creating music in all sorts of different ways, um, not just to play publicly. Like, you know, we always see like the big people on the shows and that are in mainstream media, but there's thousands and thousands of other people that are writing music for commercials, writing music for all sorts of different things. And we'll never hear of them. And they make great livings and they, they love their life and they love creating music and they are doing something different. And so just to give people understanding that, you know, just because we see success, especially in the music industry, kind of um, modeled in a specific way by media and by just television in general or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only way to do it or even close to it. Um, really, through that gaining some freedom to be whoever you want to be and just creating music for the sake of that, you know that it's your gift and you know it's why you're here and enjoy that process. What I found, the more they start to do that and they become more present and work more on themselves uh, and just being the best version of themselves as a human being, that's when the success begins to unfold because they're not caught up in it and literally creating thoughts and energy that are serving the opposite, right? It's funny when we when we think about, hey, this isn't going to work or this, I'm not good enough or all these different fears, which by the way, again, are legitimate and, and are understandable. It's okay. I'm not judging people for judging themselves. Um, but when we are doing that, we are literally creating energy that is working against us. And so if we could recognize that that's what we're doing and spend that exact amount of time and energy creating thoughts that serve our purpose and create joy or create love or create contentment or create forward momentum. Like I know it's not always easy, but it's always a choice. And when we literally recognize and we step outside ourselves and ask, like, how, what are, what are my thoughts? Are they serving me? Are they bringing me more to who I want to be? Uh, and instead, and if they're not, it's a great question to ask. And if they're not, so cool. So what would some thoughts be that do? Hmm. And then start taking action on those. And so I know this question was more about musicians, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, it is, it's a human nature, right? For all of us to um, come up with all the reasons why it's not going to work and play it safe. 
but and that's why I say my I am's every single day. Like I do remind myself every day of who I want to be and how I want to show up and what I want to bring into my life. So that I am reminding my subconscious. And so when those natural fears and doubts come into play, I can be, I, I remember like that that's not serving me. Those thoughts aren't serving me. What are, what are my other options? Hmm. Yeah, I think especially with musicians, that's probably a big point that there is so much fear or self-doubt as with any other creative job because it's really the work or maybe even your person that gets judged from the outside immediately in comparison with maybe having a day job or and working for a, a company or um, a shop where your work obviously is important, but it's not that you are, uh, yeah, like with your person or your work to be seen. Um, so I know a lot of creative people who really struggle with going only the path of um, be doing that freelance work or um, yeah, being the only the creative person. And they often have one or two or more other jobs um, yeah. because there's so much fear of, first of all, there is always the stigma that you cannot make enough money with that as an artist or whatever. But um, then also I think there is the fear of being judged from the outside because of the person or your work that you are. And that's what's hindering a lot of people to go that way. Is there any recommendation you can give to people, which uh, if someone is thinking about going the path of a freelancer or artist or creative person, um, that could maybe help getting, getting the self-esteem and losing the fear of get, going there and really living their purpose? Yeah, I would say first thing that comes to mind is to practice being that person. As silly as it sounds, like so in the example of somebody who is a singer-songwriter and they also work at a restaurant and they also maybe work at a shop on weekends, right? So this is, the, but they're, they're, they're intending to be a musician and in their spare time they write music. Those people might say, Well, I'm more, you know, I have a couple different jobs. I work at a thing, but I'm, I'm trying to be a musician or I'm, I'm working. And then they immediately kind of go into self-doubt like, eh, and almost sarcasm sometimes. Like they kind of make a joke about it to whomever. Yeah, one day it's kind of tough or whatever. Like just be aware of your thoughts. And so when someone asks you what you do, you are a songwriter. You are a singer-songwriter. And that's all, that's all you need to think about in the moment. And then, and then talk about that with love. There's a difference between cockiness and confidence, right? So when you have confidence in your ability to create whatever it is that you, you, you recognize your natural gift is and you create it, like be that, like enjoy that, celebrate it. It's okay. It's not, hey, I'm better than you and I'm the best musician in the world. Um, but like, this is what I do. Like do it with love and joy and enthusiasm and excitement. Uh, be curious about other people at the same time. But if this is what you are, then be that person as often as you have the chance. And if people ask you what you do, that's what you do. And the more you start to share that with people with confidence, the more it becomes true to you as well. And when you start to step into it, you start to feel it because you know what I am, this is what I'm doing. Um, and then, you know, the other piece that comes up to me is get clear on who you're surrounding yourself with. You know, they, they say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Uh, and so if you are a musician or a singer songwriter in this example, like surround yourself with people who are excited for you to be that. And maybe surround yourself with people who are already also striving to do that or also already have some success in that career. Like find people to surround yourself with so they understand you, support you and empower you as opposed to people who are telling you that it's not going to work or if it's a difficult industry to get into or that, you know, I mean, it's, it's okay to have um, constructive criticism from those who, who love us. 
but really if, if you're getting too much constructive criticism like every day it's probably not too constructive and maybe it's just criticism at that point so and then the other piece that'll add to that is not only who do you surround yourself with physically and, and personally but when i say that it's like you know what type of information are you taking in what type of podcasts are you listening to what type of videos are you watching on youtube are you spending 10 hours a day on on Netflix, just kind of watching stuff that doesn't necessarily serve your purpose? Or are you watching documentaries on great musicians and learning about what their struggle was and learning about what they, and are you, you know, you don't have to necessarily even know the people. If you go onto YouTube and find people like Tony Robbins or Les Brown or Gary Vaynerchuk or, you know, all these different people who are telling you exactly what to do, right? Spend time each day in that space and surrounding yourself with, with people in, in that way as well. Mm. Yeah, I want to go back to the first thing that you said. It's basically about manifesting. Again, we were saying that in the beginning, I talked about manifesting, and then you said, live it like or feel it like it is already your truth. And I think that's super, super important with no matter what you want to have in your life. If you want to move flats, I'm at that moment and the <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. So every day, I'm imagining myself already in that flat, how I have the keys. I look at my furniture and I look how I will arrange it in my new flat and um, go to the area where I want to live. And I just spend some time in the area where I want to live to already get the feel of the area. Um, so I'm already acting like it's already happening to me. And um, yeah, that also obviously works if you want to attract your dream partner, get a clear image on how your dream partner should look like. And then people even do like they put a second toothbrush in, in their bathroom. I've heard that or yeah. put another pillow next to them and say good night to the, to the partner. Yeah. And um, I haven't done that yet, but <laughs> um, I've heard from people that this really works. So um, no matter what you do, if you want to become a musician, live like it's already your truth. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. That is um yeah, really, really the amazing. Thing I would add to that is and you touched on earlier is, is gratitude um in the sense that it's not just living like it but it's like really being grateful for it so for me for a number of years it was like I, I was always trying to live it but still it's like you're like well I'm I'd like to live like this is happening but it's not and so how do I kind of do both of um, you know get caught up in the reality of it and for me like that major thing that took me over the edge of, of really being able to enjoy it before it happens is genuine gratitude And to think about like an experience that you, you and the way that I've been able to do this is really think about an experience that, that actually did happen that you really loved, right? And, you know, even to close your eyes and have that feeling, oh, this is the best. Maybe picture your favorite vacation or like you're at a favorite concert or just like just feeling that you really were just genuinely happy. Like, oh, like this is the best. Like this is a good day. And so then when you're walking and looking for that flat, when you're walking, you know what I mean? And you're picturing your key, it's like, oh, this is the best. And to create that elevated emotion. So it's not just about thinking about it. It's, it's literally feeling it. And I know like, really even for myself, sometimes that wasn't always so easy. But when I infused genuine and I made the effort to really create authentic gratitude for it, A, not only does it manifest more things, but B, even along the way, it feels really good. And you're enjoying your life now. And, and, you know, and while you attract and manifest these things into your life, you're enjoying the journey, as they say. And you're creating life now filled with gratitude and momentum. Instead of the other thing of like, oh, I don't have it yet, is that feeling of lack and is the opposite of gratitude. It's, it's a need. And so when we, when we infuse more gratitude into those thoughts and into that way of being, um, not only does it bring it about, but it really just 
helps us to enjoy life more, more often. Definitely. And also it keeps you in the present moment, which is, if you think about it, the only moment that we have. And if you yeah. always think, oh, in the future, I will have my um, dream partner. In the future, I will have my dream flat. You're actually not happy at the moment. And that's why we also go back to self-love, I would say, because if you love yourself in the present moment, you maybe don't even think of the lack of needing a partner, maybe, or needing yeah. that flat to be happy. But you're already home and happy in, in your own self. And yeah, so we've uh, created the circle here. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, and that's what it is. You know, we talked about it. I think we touched on it. I don't know if it was before a call uh, because we had a great conversation before we actually started recording. But the fact that when things are happening outside of us, right, it feels like that's everything. But really, it all starts from within. It all, I mean, every single thing that you're ever feeling is based on internal feelings, based on what's happening on the outside. And so when we start to take more control on the inside, we start to observe things on the outside differently as well. And then, you know, from the layman's version, I'm not a, a doctor or a scientist, but from a quantum physics level, I believe that the more we start to change on the inside, we kind of just touched on it through the flat or the relationship, um, things physically change on the outside, right? There is matter is all just energy slowed down. And so when we use our energy from within of thoughts and intentions and um, again, elevated emotions, that's creating energy. And it has an effect on the energy outside us, which is the matter, which, and, and I always say, I had one of my most, my personal biggest aha moments. One day I was feeling particularly down just about direction. I was working in one area of my life and uh, it was almost like it was a voice from, you know, God or whatever, or just my, my subconscious or something, but just said, Ryan, there are literally billions of things happening for you right now that you will never, ever know about and you will never, ever see. And so, you know, know that. And it does, it's okay that you don't see or know that's happening. Just keep moving forward. I think it goes back to the, the epilogue of my book, right? Keep going. Mm -hmm. And I say billions of things, meaning in the sense of billions and trillions of, of atoms and different things and conversations and things that are happening all over and different people's, um, you know, there, there's a, another quote that says something like, there are people in rooms talking about you that you have no idea in a good way. You know what I mean? It's like this, this thing that things are happening. So just keep building whatever you're building. Be the best version of yourself as often as possible and know that things are happening for you. If you accept that and are grateful for it and believe it, um, you, you will start to see some of the things begin to unfold. I want to catch up where you said um, there are so many things around you all the time happening and so much information. So um, I'm a really, really sensitive person. I can feel moods and um, atmospheres. When I enter a room, I immediately know what's up. When I see a person, I can feel if they're happy, if they're sad. I can feel all of that emotion, which is a gift, I would say. But at the same time, sometimes it's a curse because in some situations, it's really hard for me to shelter myself and not take on thoughts or emotions that are not mine, actually, but belong to a place or a person or a community or whatever. Um, do you also know that kind of a phenomenon? with yourself i do know of it uh not so much like i have a lot of friends who say like you know i'm, I'm definitely like a heavy empath that you know that they feel it. for me i can feel it as well i say um i would say that i at that point typically so i'm thinking out loud so thank you because it's a great question uh like if i feel like heavy angry energy i have challenges being there Right. I have challenges like kind of being in the same room. Like it's like, oh, get out of here as much as I just I acknowledge it. And then this, listen, this is not serving me. It's not what I want to bring into my life. It's not who I want to be around. And so I'll, I'll move forward in some capacity in, in any way I can. I feel like there's an opportunity for, for growth there for me to be more empathetic and connect with that person. Um, 
but sometimes people like that, they are exactly where they're supposed to be based on their life, right? But they're, they're not going to break out of it anytime soon. And so depending on how long you want to sit there and, and be around it, um, to your point, it can be a curse. It's like, okay, and that's, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you feel like that's serving you or not, but it's not <laughs> serving me, so I'm going to choose to be elsewhere. But when there's other emotions like sadness or insecurity or other things like that that aren't necessarily aggressive that I could feel would be aggressive towards me or my energy, those I can feel more of a connection to and I can... I, I will intentionally be more present with and again, get more curious about. And when you connect with other people from a curious standpoint and not a judgment, typically those are people who are feeling judged in so many capacities already anyway. And so to kind of meet them where they're at with more curiosity, not necessarily just to give them a place to complain. Like if somebody's just complaining all the time, then, you know, that's when you kind of need to shift their energy as well. Like, well, so what are you willing to do about that? Right. So there's, <laughs> there's only so much complaining you can do, but if somebody's had a genuine an authentic traumatic or sad experience or is just in a place of loneliness or, or unacceptance or feeling unaccepted in life. Like that's a, a time where I can feel it, but it's, it's most important to just to meet them where they're at and sometimes listen. Uh, and then sometimes just to ask them questions about them and who they really want to be and, and what's stopping them. Now, all this being said, you know, th there's also some people who are in need of therapy, right? That it gets to a point where there's, there's different levels um, of expertise that can serve people who are just clinically depressed and very angry and it's going to take more than you know deciding who you want to be every day um actually that's not necessarily i take that back that's not necessarily true it just is going to take some intention to want to do that and to want to do it really every single day and to do the work to, to really make the shift but it, i i believe from my limited experience uh that really the thought is the key to everything and so the more we focus on it and choose what thoughts we want to have every day the, the, the better the outcome Mm. I know that that shifted gears a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> because, because I was going to ask you if you have any practices or advice to shelter yourself from negative um, information coming towards yourself or um, negative moods or aggression that is somewhere close to you, maybe geographically, but or also personally. Um, how can we shelter ourselves from that or um, yeah, and not accept that in our lives? Yeah. So again, from my experience, it's my suggestion in that case would be to create person who is not in that situation. I know it sounds kind of obvious, but I'm saying like the, when, when you're doing the daily habits, like I surround myself with people who are joyful and excited to be alive, like whatever it is that you did, whoever you are. And when you think about that person, those are all aspects of your life. You know, I, I, I attract people into my life who empower me to be the best versions of myself and who are excited to be alive and, and whatever, all these different things that you can think about. And, and my belief is that the more you do that, you won't really have to worry about finding yourself into those other situations because you, you focus so much more on creating instead of being at the effective, because going back to what we talked about earlier, even in those situations, it's not to say that it never happens, but you are then being at the effective life. If you need to shelter yourself from anything, you are at the effective life. And so at any given point, if you decide that, okay, I don't need to shelter. This is happening for me. So what is either a happening for me so that I can help this person or I can recognize my strength and my ability not to need a shelter, but to be the empowered light that I want to be in the world. Such great advice. Thank you. <laughs> so I would like to go over to my uh, quick final fire round question. <laughs> nice. I'm ready. You're ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready, but now I am. <laughs> okay, good. What can we do for more self-love today? More self-love today. And do, as, without sounding obnoxious, ask that same question. Ask that, that question that you just asked. 
if everybody can ask themselves, like understand the value of self-love. Like if I want to feel love, I have the responsibility to create it, mm. right? So I'm going to take care of myself first. And that's not being selfish. That's being the best version of yourself so that others can A, see that in you and want to do it. B, it gives you more energy and enthusiasm to do that for others as well. Anyway. What's your favorite dish? My favorite dish? Um, gosh, that's a great question. Let me think about it because I, again, not to sound, oh, I don't know. So I love everything. I mean, I, I'm not a <laughs> person. Like, I, I love, um, I just like diversity. I like trying something new every day. Like I'm the type of person that whatever you're going to put in front of me, I'm going to give it a shot. And I, I, I like that experience. I like the experience of trying new things um, for the sake of curiosity and understanding of, of what could be different. So I don't really have a particular favorite as much as I just like trying lots of different things. You're the best uh, dinner guest to invite. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm always <laughs> Perfect. What can we do for more health today? For more health today, I would say, um, again, first of all, not be redundant, but to ask yourself that question uh, sincerely, right? But B, then to answer that question for myself is to include movement in your life, is to create time for meditation or just some time of being present with and, and silent or, or I mean, my meditation is done with music, but some time where you're being present on your own, um, having a, you know, health, self health isn't just physical. It's also mental. It's also spiritual. It's also emotional. Right. So when we look at our, all those different areas of our life, um, to create time for ourselves to decide who we want to be and to be present with ourselves. You know, that's kind of when I talk about my morning routine, when you said you have one that's similar, like that whole thing, while it takes from the time I wake up to the time I'm done, you know, up to two hours or whatever. Um, there's a reason that I decided to start waking up and doing it early because I, I realized the value in the rest of my day coming from a, a daily routine of physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health. Mm. And so take a look at that, what that means for you, I guess, is probably the good place to start. And find some people who are living a life that you want to live from a health standpoint and ask them what they're doing and take notes and see what it likes, see what you like, see what vibes with who you are and what you do and, and practice and experiment a little bit. Not everybody's going to want to get up and exercise. Not everybody's going to want to get up and run. Not, other, not everybody. Some people prefer to exercise at night. Some people, like everything is different. So a lot of the time when we see people being quote unquote healthy, it's like, oh, I have to change my whole life. And that just feels like a lot right now. Um, and recognize that it's not, that's not the case. Recognize that to your point, like what can I do today? And what do I like about what I did today for healthy? And how can I start to infuse that more often than not? Let's just say, you know, 50% of the time to start. You know, baby steps, so to speak. Mm. Who is your biggest mentor at this moment? Uh, my biggest mentor at this moment is definitely, I think, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm -hmm. While we don't know each other personally, but his, 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 like his books have really had a tremendous impact on my life. His meditations, I do them daily. Uh, his concepts have really enlightened my life quite a bit to where I'm certainly have leveled up in my life. And so, whereas I kind of even mentioned before, like the, the amount of use of gratitude that I've used during his meditations have changed things drastically and the speed of manifestation and kind of the speed of understanding of, of the path of my life. And so, um, that was, a, it was an easy answer for me to come up with. Yeah. He's amazing. Definitely. Um, do you have a favorite place location on earth? Ah, uh, you know what? I love that question because unfortunately, so not unfortunately, the, so my favorite place on earth right now, to be honest with you, um, I, one of the things that I look forward to changing most in my life in the coming years is to travel more. I really have not traveled nearly as much as I would like to. In fact, I live in the same town that I grew up in. 
Um, my wife has family here. Actually, I have family here as well, but my wife has an older mother. And so we stayed, we've just decided to stay, um, but I'm ready to see more of the world. Uh, my favorite place on earth, typically though, in any given year from my experience is uh, like a fish concert. I don't know if you're familiar with the band Fish. No. P-H-I-S-H. <laughs> no. So they're my favorite band. I've seen them over a hundred times. Uh, and every time you go see a fish concert, it's completely different from like, you know, the one before, like, so they never play the same songs. And when they do play the same songs, they play them completely differently. So there's a sense of community there. There's a sense of energy that I love. I think they're extremely talented musicians. It brings, I've been seeing them since 1993. And so it, it brings just, it's a part of my life. And so my favorite place on the planet is often just to be uh, great seats in a, in a fish concert. Oh, it's funny that you say that because one of my favorite places is actually a club in Berlin called Berghain. There is great techno music and um, a lot of my friends hang out there. Obviously, it's closed at the moment, um, yeah. but I've met the most magical people there and had the most amazing conversation. And there's such a it's, it used to be an old power plant. Um, so the whole building has such a strong energy that you can immediately feel when you come in. I get goosebumps Literally. <laughs> when I go, go in and the music is uh, for me the best worldwide. So I can really relate to what you said. And obviously, I think we're all looking forward to be able to travel again once um, yeah. Yeah, the quarantine time is over at <laughs> one moment, hopefully. Um, so I think we really start to appreciate traveling more probably after this that we are Or able even, to even do. just going to concerts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> uh, would sound amazing. Um, is there any other piece of advice that you would like to leave the listeners with for today? Definitely. Yeah, so, and I'll try to keep it short, but it is a little bit extended. So uh, it's, there's, there's four basic steps. And this is what I would just recommend for anybody out there. First of all, spend some time today. So you're listening to this podcast for a reason. This, this fell into your, your ears and your day. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional even just saying it, but really for, <laughs> for a particular reason, right? So, so know that uh, and take these words and, and spend some time today writing down who you want to be in every aspect of your life. And that's, again, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, from a career standpoint. Hey, listen, it might take an hour for you to really get it down and write it down. But think about it, because in that sense, you are creating it. You know, we, we talked a lot about being a creator. So, so make some time to write that down and decide what that looks like. And by taking it from your brain to the paper or computer, I, I'd actually recommend writing it physically with your hands. Um, but you are creating it. That's A. B is now believe that's possible. Like, really imagine yourself and show and create gratitude for that outcome know that it is, is part of the path and if you if you work on it every day you do the work as a human being in this experience you know that that is a potential outcome and create gratitude for it and then c do just that take action on it every single day if it's five minutes if it's eight hours whatever it is spend some time reminding yourself um actually let me dial it back and, and say first of all read it out loud every day Right. So you're really you're reminding yourself and you're reminding your subconscious on a daily basis of what this is and what I deserve and what my life can actually be and what, what my soul is. Right. What, what is my soul singing? My soul is saying this is where I want to be. This is the when you when you spend time writing that down, that's your path. You decided it and it can change. You can write it in pencil. It's okay if you erase something because halfway along the path, you realize it's not who you want to be anymore. But had you not taken steps along the path to begin with, you never would have gotten to the point where you recognize that's where the direction you wanted to change. So write it down, say it out loud, um, obviously believe that it's possible, and then take action on it every single day. 
in some capacity. And that doesn't mean, I mean, not everybody wants to work 16 hours a day and, hey, listen, I know these billionaires do that. And, that was, and that's not necessarily for everybody. And you don't have to want to be that. But whatever it is that you want to be, if you're reminding yourself of that every day and you take action on it every day, you'll start to see things unfold before you that, that lead you in the path to continue. Accept those as a great and constant conversation with the universe. Step into that, create gratitude for it, and then continue on. And then lastly, with all of that, simultaneously be the light that you want to see in the world. You know, sh- sorry. <laughs> shine brightly so that others will see it and want to do the same. Mm, I'm also getting emotional. This is super beautiful. Ryan, this interview has been magical. This has been such an honor to have you here in this conversation. I'm so uplifted from, from this conversation. And I thank you from my heart for sharing all your knowledge and wisdom here. And I'm sure the listeners can take so much value out of this. And yeah, we've done such a good, important job, I think, for so many people out here. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it's been a blessing to be here. Thank you so much for being you. This was such a beautiful interview and so emotional. I got a lot of value and so much more knowledge out of this and i hope it also inspired you to take action in your life now and do all the practices we talked about so sit down for an hour or two and maybe take the time to write down all the information that you got with this podcast and try to practice really what you've learned here because as we heard it's nothing that we can just only think all the time but something that we really need to take action on and really focus on and then you can create your dream life isn't that beautiful <laughs> so i would be so happy and grateful if you leave me a review a five-star review here on apple And um, yeah, if you share that episode with as many people as possible, so we can start making this world a little better. Maybe screenshot it and tag me, tag me also on Instagram, Leandra Haupt and also obviously Ryan, who I will link with all information in the show notes. Stay tuned for more interviews and more exciting upcoming topics to come. Bye and much love.